Today, we have a great guest on the show because when it comes down to running your law firm, there are so many different things about the business side that you need to understand. Now, one of the things that every law firm wants to do is they want to grow, but there are some things that you want to keep in mind so that you are growing in a smart way so you'll have a firm you will love and enjoy running. So stay tuned for today's guest, Louise Scott, because you don't want to miss what he has to share. So without further ado, let me bring on Louise Scott. Welcome to the show, Louise. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, man. Well, it's definitely a pleasure because I've seen all the great things that you're doing on Facebook and and all the great thing, all the great ways that you're helping firms. Plus, like I said, as an accounting firm, we work with different lawyers, and I've seen as I'm working with different lawyers that yeah, you've worked with Louise before. Um, so, <laughs> so that's always good to see, man. But before we jump into the details about you know like your business and your journey, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you even got into the legal industry? Yeah, that, I mean that's a it, it's kind of a, one of those things by uh, great fortune that it actually happened. When I was younger, my dad used to say, "You're either going to be a comedian or you're going to be a lawyer." Um, and I, I I tell people that I became a co comedic lawyer because uh, I like to. <laughs> Uh, tell jokes and I love to have fun. But really, I didn't think that I could ever become a lawyer. I felt like I wasn't smart enough. Uh, I felt like I wasn't capable enough. I felt like I didn't really enjoy reading enough. And uh, I met a I met a judge and the judge uh, gave me that belief. He was the first person that actually said, you know what, you can go to law school and, uh, and you'd do great uh, in law school. And so with that kind of newfound confidence and belief, I took the LSAT, ended up going to law school, and you know the rest is history, as they say. But uh, I've worked in three multi-seven-figure uh, law firms, and then uh, obviously the the firm that I have now with my business partner uh, is a multi-eight-figure law firm um, that we've grown over the last five years. So that's that's kind of how you know that was my short you know entry point into into the legal career. Gotcha. Now, one of the things that I'm curious about is kind of throughout that journey, and like you know picking the type of law that you wanted to practice, you know, mm -hmm. were there any like kind of pivotal points of what kind of led you any particular direction? Yeah. I mean, I wanted to be a criminal lawyer, to be honest. I, I, I ended up becoming a workers comp and personal injury lawyer. I did immigration at one point, but my dream was to be a criminal lawyer because that's what you see on, on TV. You see people just winning these great cases and every one of these criminal cases, uh, there's some in the news right now that are happening. People just get so hooked on the cases. And so that's what I thought that I wanted to do was uh, criminal work. And I remember working with, uh, with a lawyer uh, over the summer on an internship, and I was just fascinated with the side of, of criminal law. But my first job was in personal injury. And when I started doing personal injury and I saw that there was a business to be had and money to be made, I kind of went from this dream of being a criminal lawyer to saying, wait a second, I want to be able to make money too. And so that's kind of what drove me into personal injury. Uh, and obviously, I love uh, representing clients and I loved helping injured people. Uh, but but it wasn't, honestly, it wasn't my first true passion. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Now, you know what? That's interesting that you point out about like, you know, seeing the business in what you were doing, because I talked to a ton of lawyers 
And a lot of times, you know, when they're honest, they admit, like, I saw the money that I could make. Most of them don't necessarily see the business. They just see the money I can make and I can practice law. So I guess, was there something that made, you know, the business of practicing law stand out to you? Yeah, I mean, it was to me, the personal injury side felt more like a business than the criminal side that I had seen. The experience that I had with that small criminal uh, law firm, simply, you know, one or two employees, it didn't really seem like a business. But when I went into the personal injury side, I saw there was more of a business. And I always wanted to be an, a business person. I'm, I'm like a serial entrepreneur at heart. I wanted the business side of it. And so uh, it was just, it, it wasn't just the money. It was actually that I could become a business owner. And that is what really captivated me was I could actually run this like a business and I could help people. So it was like the meshing of two, two things that I really wanted to do. Nice. Now you mentioned about being, you know, an entrepreneur at heart. Was Were there any kind of, you know, background stories of, you know, what introduced you into entrepreneurship that started that so early? Man, my very first uh, gig was uh, was going to the grocery store for my grandmother. I remember being in Puerto Rico. I would uh, I was probably about third or fourth grade. And my grandmother would say, I want you to go to the corner store. You're going to get milk. Uh, here's uh, $2. The difference you can keep. And I got hooked to that gig. I got hooked <laughs> to that, that first hustle. And anytime that I could do anything for anyone in my family, for my, uh, for my grandparents, for my parents, I was just hooked to this idea of making extra side money. And so that's what really, really got me uh, kind of into it. And then fast forward, when I became a teenager, uh, I cut the grass, uh, I washed cars, I, I I did laundry, I you know I was a person who ironed all my parents' clothes, and you know for the great sum of twenty dollars a week, I realized now I was undervaluing my services. Uh, but that's what really got me into it. It was this idea that I could create something out of nothing, like I could create an income income stream out of nothing. And that's what really got me excited about entrepreneurship. And I've carried that all my life. Nice. So now fast forwarding to, you know, you've worked at a couple of firms and when you kind of got to that point where you're like, hey, I'm ready to step out there and, you know, move into my own firm. Were there any pivotal moments that really spurred that or was it just something you just felt like it was the right time to do it? Um, well, the pivotal moment is that my my old uh, law firm where I was working uh, fell apart. And so I really had no choice but to kind of go on on my own, which is interesting because I always wanted to go on my own, but because I felt this extreme sense of loyalty, like I wanted to be loyal to my old business partners, I didn't feel like I could leave. And so when the business no longer was uh, in practice as the way it was constructed at the time, then I had no choice. So when, when you're against you know, a rock and a hard place, it makes it so much easier uh, to make that decision. So I went in and I started my own law firm. And honestly, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And, and this is one of the things that I tell young people and some people in, in, in our firm uh, who are working for us is that sometimes those, those negative things, those negative moments that you feel like everything has gone wrong is the very thing that's going to catapult you to that new level in life. And that's what happened to me. I started my own firm. Uh, I, I built that to seven figures. And th that's eventually what led me to joining my business partner and now uh, enjoying the success that we have today. 
Nice. Now, I guess with that journey of building to seven figures, because when people hear that, they're like, some people are saying like, oh my gosh, that is out of reach. Sure. Others are saying like, hey, that that is doable. So when you came into your own firm, was seven figures a, hey, that's doable? Or was that kind of an out of reach thought when you first started? Um, I, I would say that three or four years before I went out on my own, I thought that that was like not possible. And that was one of the reasons why it was easier to stay loyal. It's easier to stay loyal when you have the fear that going to be successful, right? I think I'm going to start my own really is because they're scared of right? It's just they, they don't want to do it because of fear. And I think that that's where I was. By the time I went out on my own, I already knew that I could do it. And so I was prepared to really, really go to that next level. Nice. So at what point in your journey did the idea of helping other people achieve, you know, that journey for themselves and their own firms? What, when did that idea kind of come up as a business for you? So part of the reason that I started consulting and started a figure firm was because I had this desire for teaching. I always wanted to be a teacher. I always wanted to be someone who was helping other people, who was providing um, insights to the people. Like I remember even in my early 20s, maybe late 20s, I would talk to a friend and I would give them some advice and they would light up. And I would be like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I helped them through this moment. Now, I wasn't saying it pridefully. I was actually genuinely shocked. Like what I said actually mattered. And then I remember somebody uh, several years later was like, you know, you said this thing to me and 10 years later, I lived by it and it changed my life. And I was like, wow, the impact of my words and my, and my ideas was, was very significant. And so it became kind of like this craving. I wanted to help people. I felt like I had this calling, like, you know, maybe, and, and I, I know not everybody's like a faith-based person, but like, I started feeling like, Maybe, maybe God had called me, you know, to do something great with my life. And so I was like, it's impactful. I want to do this. And so when I started working with my business partner, um, and in fact, when we were negotiating and writing up our, our uh, partnership agreement in there, it actually mentioned the fact that I wanted to do speaking and consulting because I already knew that that was the direction that I wanted to go in. I wanted to be an, a significant person. In, in fact, my personal vision statement, which is something that I recommend everybody have, was to lead a life of significance. And so uh, I developed that vision statement because I wanted to be impactful in every way that I could. And it's not that I can't be impactful in the law firm. I absolutely can. But I wanted to work in multiplying my efforts. And so how do you do that? Well, you work with other law firms. And now we, we helped, when I say we, the eight-figure firm community, which is only two and a half years old, has already helped 30,000 clients nationwide. Like what an impact uh, that's made. And so that's where it came from. It came from this desire to teach, this love for helping people unlock secrets in their life. And then ultimately it was this idea that I could multiply my efforts and help people nationwide, even worldwide, without having to be directly responsible for every client. And that just was uh, the driving force behind it all. Wow, that is a, that's an impressive, you know, kind of way that that kind of unfolded for you. Now, I'm curious, as you kind of moved into, you know, eight-figure firm, 
you know, the structure and the approach of running that business is different than the structure and the approach of running a law firm. So how was that of, you know, learning or wrapping your mind around the business model for two different businesses? So one of the things that I, that I write about in my book, The King of Growth, is this concept that people are predictable. Now, the reason that's important is because when you realize the predictability or the pre predictable human traits or actions that a person takes in a given scenario, you can use that to help people in whatever issue that they're having. And so uh, we know that in the summer, people fly more. So that's why the airlines have more flights available. We know that hotels are consumed more. So hotels hire more staff in the summer. Uh, we know how many people are going to buy a hot dog at a baseball game. And so they make sure that they cook enough hot dogs. And what they're doing is they're tapping into the behaviors of people in order to, to magnify their, their efforts or to create the solution that people will need, which is they need food, they need hotel, they need travel. And that's what, that's what I did with Eight Figure Firm. I, I tapped into the predictable behaviors of people. Well, what are those behaviors? Well, when people need help, they look for consulting. When people have need help with marketing or operations or hiring, they look for consultants. So we developed a system that addressed those primary areas. We addressed marketing. We addressed developing a foundation. We addressed hiring people. And using that system, we created Eight Figure Firm. And here's the thing. We did it for ourselves too. And so we marketed those services just like we market the law firm. We use traditional marketing methods. When I say traditional, I don't mean TV, billboards, and, and radio, but rather developing a customer that actually guides people through the funnel of sales, having a referral-based strategy, making sure that we're, we're creating a brand. So we use the exact same structure, different type of client, of course, but the exact same structure in the law firm, in eight-figure firm, firm, and it translated. And that's what blew me away. And that's when I knew that we were going to up hundreds of, if not thousands of law firms, because when I took the exact same strategy from the law firm using different, different ads, obviously, but translated it to my current client and it really took off. And so I say that to say, yes, the business is absolutely different. The types of employees you have to hire is different. The type of marketing you have to do is different. But if you, if you understand the key characteristics that make people predictable, you can still develop a big business in a secondary business. And that is exactly what we did. Nice. So how do you manage, you know, switching your frame of thinking between the two? I mean, because you're still doing both at the same time, right? Yes, I'm, I'm doing both. So I'm the COO of uh, Bader Scott and I run the operations of Bader Scott. And, and, and in essence, I'm also the, the, the acting CFO. So I run the finances. Um, and then I'm the CEO of Eight Figure Firm. So I run the vision, the strategy, and I actually do uh, consulting as well. Uh, I would love to say that it's easy. It's not easy. It's a lot of work. Um, I have great people around me. Um, I, I have multiple uh, assistants. I, I have a, an executive assistant, a virtual assistant, an operations assistant. I have an incredible team of executives that work for Bader Scott and uh, an incredible team of executives that will also work for Eight Figure Firm. And so developing a team of people around you is the only way to get this done. I, I wish I could say, or maybe I don't wish this actually, but but you know, most people, I wish I could say I did this all on my own, but that would be an absolute lie. All of this happened because I have surrounded myself with an incredible team that's been able to carry out this vision. Uh, and that was really what separates 
uh, good leaders from leaders. And uh, I have a, I've currently have a, a video on this where I talk about how the great leaders learn how to get other people to act on their behalf, meaning they get other people to, to buy in to the vision and mission and be willing to execute on your behalf. And when you can, when you can be a leader like that, that takes your, your business to the next level. Awesome. I love it. You know, out of, you know, selfish interest, I'm curious, mm -hmm. how did you fall into being the acting CFO? How did that hat get put on you? Well, so um, I have an accounting background as um, from, from school. And when I was in my old partnership, uh, I did the books and I did the, the financial stuff there with the help with that, of an outside bookkeeper. So it just, I just kind of naturally fell into it. I loved spreadsheets. I loved Excel. Uh, I'm, probably, I'm probably not as talented as you are uh, in this area. Uh, I would never say that I'm an expert, uh, but, I, but I'm dangerous. I'm dangerous in that area. So I took on the financial uh, responsibility of law firm. And I would say that part and then part uh, experience, right? So running the firm for five years, you learn as you go. Uh, and so I've created the budgets and the budget variance report. And I, we use outside bookkeeping help to, to run some of the more nitty gritty day-to-day -day stuff. But it was mainly a fact, you know, a factor of somebody needed to do it. And I was more gifted in that area. And so I took it on. Nice. Nice. Well, before we wrap up, two final things. The first one is where can people find you online if they're looking for any of the great stuff that you're doing? Absolutely. They can find me uh, at my website. Luis, L-U-I-S, Scott, S-C-O-T-T, J-R, junior.com, Luis, Scott, junior.com. And there they'll be able to find uh, my books. Uh, they can book me for speaking. They can find about Eight Figure Firm, consulting. Uh, they can hear my podcast, The Guts and Glory Show, uh, and then find videos where I teach people how to grow their businesses. And uh, I do concentrate specifically in law firms, but really it's applicable to any type of business. Uh, and so you can find everything about me there and, um, and yeah. Awesome. So when they go to listen to your podcast, so what should they be expecting to walk away with from that? So I spend most of my time, uh, talking about the guts that it takes to succeed in the glory of success. I talk about how to grow their business, how to grow their mindset, how to grow themselves personally, professionally, and ultimately how to grow themselves financially. And so uh, my podcast is a solo podcast where I just teach that goes back to my love for teaching and they'll be able to hear some of the things that I believe transformed my life and our business and now transforming businesses around the country. Awesome. Well, one final question that I love asking every guest is, you know, let's say you're talking to someone and you're saying like, hey, I was on the Law and Finance show with Terrell and hey, you should definitely go listen to my conversation with him. And when you do, here are two things you should listen for in that conversation. What would be your two big takeaways? Oh, man, I would say number one is always be aware of the opportunities that are being presented because it could be the it could be the opportunity that you need to change your life. And number two, never forget that you're not on a solo journey. You need a team of people who can help elevate you to the next level. Awesome. Well, Louise, thank you so much for coming on. It's been amazing having you on as a guest. Thank you so much for having me. 
I enjoyed the talk. If you're looking for ideas on how to manage and grow a profitable law firm, this Facebook group is perfect for you because every week we are featuring conversations with successful lawyers and businesses related to law firms on tips, ideas, and technology that are helping many people grow and manage a profitable law firm. So if you're looking for great tips and ideas, you definitely want to click the link below so you can join the conversation and be part of the Law Firms and Finance Facebook group.